Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. For us to be able to remember that this was the season that reflects God sending his son for us as a way to be near to us and remembering that as maybe the dread and, you know, that some of that anticipation that's not so great of the coming year starts descending upon us, um, to be able to remember that we don't walk into that alone, even if we're experiencing some sense of isolation, loneliness, I think it's just so key for us and really important for us. Today, we're talking about Advent hope. And my guest today, I I thought of my guest in in his book because there was a time where I, I was in a season of loss. I had 12 losses in four years. And this particular loss was my first of four miscarriages. And I was, you know, wrestling through my grief and wrestling with God and had gone to Jeremiah 29, 11, which a lot of people go to and, and actually, I think, take out of context. Um, I know the plans that the Lord has for me, plans to prosper me, not to harm me. And I thought, well, you know, a lot of people take that out of context. And so I kept reading. And the next verses say, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me in earnest, you will find me when you seek me. I will be found by you says the Lord. And I realized that the hope, I know I have hope for eternal life because I know Jesus, but I needed hope in that, in that moment, in that, in that day, in that time, in that season and today, actually every day. And I realized that the hope that I had was the hope of God with me. And so I am really excited to have with me today, Ronnie Martin. He's going to, we're going to be talking about his devotional, the God who is with us. Ronnie Martin is founder and lead pastor of Substance Church in Ashland, Ohio. Before pastoring, he recorded 11 full-length albums as a part of the influential Tooth and Nail roster. He's written or co-written several books, including the one that we're talking about today. Welcome, Ronnie. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. This is what a beautiful devotional. I was telling you before we started recording, mm, even just you. you're not supposed to judge a book by the cover, but you could on this one. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. so beautiful. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. That's great to hear. Yeah. So what made you write an Advent book? Because, you know, what was whatever also stuck out to me is that this is an Advent book written by a man. And a lot of the Advent books I see were written by are written by women. I don't know if that's true, but that's just kind of what I see in the sample that I see pass over my desk. What made you want to write a book, an Advent book? It's a great question, and and your I think your stats are correct. Um, I, we had that conversation with the publisher um, when we were in the mi- in the middle of the process. But I I just love Christmas, mm. so um, I've just been I've been Christmas is just a huge part of the year for me. It shapes a lot of the year for me. I look forward to it. You know, I'm coming out of August. You know, sliding into September, and I already got my view on Christmas. And it's just one of those times <laughs> of year that I just anticipate. I, I get so much enjoyment from it, and so it was just. It was really a dream for me to be able to write uh, an, an Advent book and also have it be kind of a journal. So it's it's also a journal that you can write down your reflections in. And it's also illustrated. So to be able to do something that's artistic and beautiful, but then reflects uh, the season and really helps people um, as they're anticipating, you know, some of the anxiety and worry that comes with the new year kind of being around the corner. I wanted to write something that um, address that. And so um, that that is the God who's with us. That's how it came about, really. I love that. And I mean, I, I totally get that because as Thanksgiving is approaching, I mean, I, I almost feel inside of me a little bit of anxiety building because, okay, everything's yeah. like ramping up, everything's getting so busy. And it can be really easy, like you said, to just slide right into Christmas without 
really taking the season in. Yeah, it, it, it's it's such a strange season. And I think it becomes, you know, the fact that it's become so commercialized and, and it's it's been commercialized as long as we've been alive, but I feel like that's ramped up. And so there is a tension, I feel like, when we come into the Christmas season where you're just trying to, you're trying to get your head above water. You're trying to keep up with all the hustle and bustle. And there are so many things. The cliche is that we miss so many things. And so I think with the world that we're living in, um, it's even more important than ever that we just, we pause and we give ourselves a minute to breathe and reflect. We have to do that or it's going to go by in about a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we're really going to miss the more important parts of it that I think, especially as the church, um, we actually need to be intentional about connecting with on a deeper level as, as the years go on, if you, if you get what I'm saying. Yep. Yep. I do. Because that's, I think that's how we're going to get through the next day. And you were talking about going into the new year. It's, it's that nearness of Christ with us. It's the realization that Christ is with us. He's always with us, no matter what we are going to face in the day. And that's how we're going to get through what we're going to face in the day. As you know, the world feels like it's getting crazier. He's our mm-hmm. anchor. He's the one that he's the source of of hope. He's the source of what's going to get us through the days that are ahead. Yeah, and and that's such a good point. And I think what's I think what tri- what trips us up and tricks our minds a little bit is that we come into a season where a lot of us, not all of us, but we're we're surrounded by a lot of people and we're engaged in a lot of activities, and yet um, you know the level of isolation. Mm-hmm. And loneliness simultaneously kind of ramps up at this time of the year. And because we have we have a particular kind of expectation, maybe that whether it's society or the church puts on this season of togetherness and warmth and family. And a lot of those things aren't aren't um, kind of working out in the way that meets our perception expectations. So for us to be able to remember that this was the season that reflects God sending his son for us as a way to be near to us and remembering that as maybe the dread and you know that some of that anticipation that's not so great of the coming year starts descending upon us Mm -hmm. um to be able to remember that we don't walk into that alone even if we're experiencing some sense of isolation loneliness i think it's just so key for us and really important for us for sure Yep. And I, I think too, even, you know, the expectations can be cultural and can be from the church, but it can be from ourselves too, of what we yeah. were used to. You know, I, I grew up with three older sisters and so we were a family of six. And mm. so, you know, our, you know, what was under the Christmas tree and, you know, there were more people around and that felt really like magical growing up. And now we have two children and I remember sitting out, I, I remember getting the tree already on Christmas Eve and looking at it and thinking, Oh, that it just looks so meager. It wasn't like what I had grown up with. And the next right. morning, my boys came running out and they, and there was such like awe and wonder. And it was so, you know, amazing. And they were so excited. And I thought, okay, check. Like I need to check my expectations <laughs> and have yeah. like better expectations of, you know, not being able to compare. Well, it's not like it used to be. And that's true. And that is hard, but that doesn't mean it's not good. And it doesn't mean it can't be good. Yeah, and I, I I love the way you said that too because I think um, one of the one of the interesting things that the season I think brings to us, and if, if you're like me, I'm just, I tend to be a really nostalgic person, mm. so a, a lot of my Christmas is running off of uh, a kind of nostalgia because I'm I, you know every everything that we do, all the traditions that we do have been sort of handed over to us, and I think just that 
the way we remember Christmas and the nostalgia that we bring into it, it can just lead to disappointment. Um, and that it sounds like that's kind of what you're describing, if I'm mm-hmm. hearing you correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I yes, yeah. I'm very my family's very nostalgic, very traditional. So things were always the same. And so that change yeah. was was a, I had to na- it was something I had to navigate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, completely. And I think that's and so that has been that's been really hard for me. And I think what that's done is it kind of it's kept me locked in a place around the Christmas season, which, again, I love and I love all the traditions, but it's kind of kept me in a place that keeps me speaking out and searching for something to to replay and recall the memories while just simultaneously ignoring what what the message of the gospel is as we are stepping through the season and how um, that should be the thing that is being pressed more deeply into us by, you know, by virtue of, of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. How was that when you, because you talk about that you made a big move from Southern California where you had grown up out to Ohio and you wrote about it. I'm not finding it on one of the days, you know, how was that yeah. to, to weather that change? And then you also talked about the, the Christmas of 2020 when the, nobody was able to come to you. So we talk a little bit more about how you navigated some of those changes that you walked through with Christmas. Yeah, it was, gosh, it was, so yeah, it was incredibly difficult. You know, we relocated to Ohio from California 12 years ago. So you can imagine, you know, the, the cultural differences between those two states Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, just all the things that come with, you know, leaving behind, you know, your family and your friends and your church family and just kind of stepping into something that is completely unfamiliar. So interestingly enough, you know, like Christmas traditions can be something that bring a sense of familiarity and steadiness and tradition in when you're in a in an unfamiliar uh, place, you know. And so then, you know, you go eight years later and then the pandemic hits and here we are, it's 2020. And, you know, we always have a lot of family come to us on Christmas. And of course, that year just got shut down mm-hmm. and that wasn't possible so, yeah, it was a really interesting time because I remember my wife and I kind of coming into the season and a lot of the things that we had planned, um, you know, just kind of we had to hit the brakes on. And it was um, it was so disappointing. And it really it really caused us to sort of pause and say, hey, let's let's talk about this. Like we have some additional space now that God has given us because we're not going to be as busy and because we're not going to be entertaining. We don't have family coming and all of those things. And it really gave us a chance to sort of step back and say, okay, what is the what is the Lord trying to do in this space? And it also made us realize that it's important in this season to be intentional about finding that space mm. um, because it's it's just a unique time of the year, and our minds are are kind of swir- you know we're kind of spinning out and we're swirling in all these different areas. But I really think it's a great time for us if we can be intentional about creating space. Um, I mean, the Lord can do some really interesting, um, uh, you know, work in our hearts during that time. And, and he definitely did in 2020 uh, uh, to my wife and I, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I love how you're creating space in this devotional, too, that at the end of every day you have people. There's a section that you said, like to mm-hmm. journal that says pause, ponder and pray to really still. I'm a doer. I'm a goer. So I always yeah. appreciate this reminder to just, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I always say, if you could just tell me what I need to do to be, that would be great, except it doesn't work like that. So I love <laughs> this reminder to to stop and to still and to listen. Yeah, That's that was really important for me um, because I'm like you. So I'm a doer. Um, I got, you know, 27 and a half things going at any one time. and that, <laughs> All the tabs I mean, are open. It's just, <laughs> 
I mean, no, yeah, exactly. I'm looking right now. I got, you know, the mm-hmm. hundred tabs open and um, it's kind of the world we live in. And, you know, and then you, you know, you, you bring social media and you bring, I, I mean, we are just, we are being engaged. Our senses are being engaged, all of our senses, almost all the time. And it's, and we are out of practice, like maybe previous generations would have been who had less distractions. We've fallen out of practice in terms of being in, intentional about stopping, being stilled and reflecting and pondering. So unless we find intentional times to do that, it's not going to happen. And there's less of a chance of it happening now on, you know, maybe on accident, like it would have for previous generations. So to be able to write something and say, okay, look, you're, you're sitting here at night or in the morning, you're, you're going through this, this Advent devotional. And now I'm also going to try to give you a time to, instead of just reading it, and letting it be something that maybe you have the tendency to, if you're a box checker, to check yes. it off your list, <laughs> just stop for a minute and think about what you just read. Find a minute, even if it's just a few minutes to, to you know, allow yourself to be known by God in that moment and express your thoughts and your worries and, and your um, maybe some of your fears for the season and, um, and, and maybe write some of those thoughts down. And so as a way that even next year, you might be able to look back and go, Hey, this is where I was at. And it was interesting to see the way the Lord moved at that time. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's so good. On day 13, it's titled always. And the scripture for it is, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And this is actually the day when you talk about moving from California to oh, Ohio. Yeah. And yeah. then a little bit in the study you have, I love over and over again, because you're talking about God who is with us. You're talking about his nearness. You're talking about the different ways that he's with us. You have this quote, and I'll read it, and then I want you to respond to it. In other words, the nearness of Jesus would be as immeasurable as the universe if one were able to calculate it ever coming to an end. And you're Because you're talking about the scripture of Jesus, that he's always with us even to the end of the age, and the, and the, the bigness of that. Would you say more about that? Yeah, it's it, that is. It, I wrote about that because it's such a difficult concept for me, and I'm when I when I pray when I do my own devotionals when I pray I'm just a mess, you know. When I when I'm pouring my heart out to the Lord, and I'm just a mess, and I'm always praying, Lord, just let me let me feel Your presence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give me a give me some kind of an understanding that You're here and that You're with me. And I think I think the best way for me to understand it is when I when I take walks or when I'm able to kind of look out on nature and I'm able to sort of think about like just the bigness of everything he created. And somehow by thinking of of how vast everything is that he created, you know, when we consider the universe and and everything that's contained in it, it all it, it somehow also allows me to remember that um, in all of that vastness. Um, God sent his son, um, again, to to not be this deity that just hovers over us and says, hey, when you need me, look up. But he he sent his son to be somebody who was one of us and was with us. It was was tangible. It was physical. And um, but it it also was, you know, it it wasn't just somebody that he sent, but it was also his son who is the son of God. And so we get that we get the richness of his of his just his, you know, his omniscience and his omnipotence um, contained in the person of Jesus Christ, who also came so that there was a flesh and blood connection there. And I think the more that I just, I think about that and I, and I go big with it and then I go narrow with it and I find creative ways of thinking about that. It just, it, it allows me to feel the comfort and the, the closeness of Christ 
in a more real way. And, and, you know, to be honest, it's just something I'm figuring out because I think it's really difficult for us to, to, um, to kind of lock into the truth of that. So you, what you read there was just me trying to find creative ways and imaginative ways of thinking about how deep and, and close and near Christ is. And what I love is that how big he is, is how near he is, is what you're saying. And yeah. I, I think sometimes, at least in the church tradition that I grew up in, it was a lot about God being big and, you know, the creator and he is and he's sovereign and he's huge. But it, the that he's personal wasn't really emphasized. And so I didn't understand okay. that. I didn't understand the the withness. And I, yeah. I think that can trip a lot of people up because we know the way that I compare about uh, compare it is the president. You know, we know who the president is. We know who his kids are, but I don't have a personal relationship with them, but I know who they are. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to, to, to have that with God, that we, we know who he is and think that we know him and may not even know that there's, that we can know him personally mm. and have a relationship with him and have him with us and have the Holy Spirit in us. And it's, it's just mm. so good. Sorry. I'm just getting really excited because it's just so, <laughs> he's just so good. I just love that idea that as big as he is, that's how close he is to us, which is a little yeah, mind blowing, but. Well, and it's, it's funny when you think about it because only someone as big as he is has the power to get that close mm-hmm. to us. And it's not just the power to get that close to us, but it's the desire to be that close to us. And so, um, you know, I, I don't have it. I can't be close to everybody in the world. I don't, I don't can, I don't have the stuff to do that, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and you think only the, only the creator of the universe um, is able to get that close to his creation by virtue of being the creator. And so it's this, um, it's this just such a, it's such a unique thing. And then when you think about, you know, I had somebody tell me one time, you know, if you think about the theme of scripture, if you could just, if, if you could just summarize scripture, which is kind of impossible to do, but if you could sum it up in one thing, it's really that, you know, God has come to be close to us. You know, it's that our sin separates us from God, but he sent Jesus so that that separation could be healed and he could be close to us again, because we now have Christ's righteousness upon us and we can we, he can be close to us again so this idea of nearness and closeness i mean it it really is thematic to the entirety of scripture which is pretty mind-blowing really when you start thinking about it and processing it i think yeah it, it is it, it kind of makes your head scratch or hurt even yeah, actually trying totally. to, trying to yeah, comprehend 100%. it all yeah <laughs> So thinking about Advent hope, when I came upon your Advent day number 23, and night will be no more, the scripture is Revelation 22, 5, and night will be no more. There will be no need for light of lamp or or sun, for the Lord will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And you were talking about walking through the house and that you like you like everything lit and your wife isn't that way. <laughs> but, you know, talk a little bit more about... I, sorry, I just get really excited to think about that day when he will be the light as bright as the sun mm. for us. And that's kind of where our, where our hope lies, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it totally is. And I, what I love about that passage is that it forces you to use your imagination a little bit because it's hard to envision that, you mm-hmm. know, in some ways we, we get, we, we can get sort of a Sunday school vision of it in our heads because, you know, the way it's been taught to us or a how we can graph conceive or of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. A flannel graph. Right, exactly. And So the fact that we can use our imagination and imagine that not only will we be with Jesus, but he will be the one that contributes to 
our visibility and how we see everything else. And there's that passage that says, uh, I think it's in the Psalms that says, by your light, do we see light? Mm. And so like, we need his light to even see the lesser lights of our lives. And it's just, it's so profound um, that we can, I think we can only understand maybe a millimeter of it. And, you know, with, with the brains that we've been given Mm -hmm. and it's just such a profound concept because night, um, you know, we understand night as being darkness and we understand night as being, that time that we're vulnerable and we're sleeping and that things aren't as visible and there can be fear. And yet we know that, you know, from Psalm 139, you know, the darkness isn't dark to God. And so um, just, just thinking about the light of Jesus being also another way that we understand his closeness to us, I think allows us to use our imagination and to, and to dream of things that actually help us as we, as we consider like who God is and, and how is he, what, what's another way that he's close to us? Well, he's also our light. And um, I just think it's profound. And I love, the, I love how it kind of forces us to use our imagination a little bit uh, too, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's amazing to think about, uh, about that. He's just amazing. I mean, he, there's so much mystery that, that there's so much that we can know about him and there's so much that we don't know about him too, yeah. because he's yeah, just yeah. so big and mysterious and holding the tension of those two, I think, can be can be scary. Can feel a little unnerving if you know. I you know I'm a controller, yeah. so I like to know things and be sure of things. And yeah. like there yeah. are things that you can be sure of with God, but there are also like there's that mystery there. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point, and um, I think we have such a hard time embracing, you know, the mystery mm-hmm. of God, and um, so I. I think Christmas is one of those ways that helps us under, understand that a little bit better. Like we have to be okay. We have to we have to be okay with with um, only knowing what God has given us to know that we're able to, you know, comprehend. Yeah. And then there's the other ninety nine point nine percent of everything, right? <laughs> exactly. And like I think we have to be okay with that because if we if we if we don't if we don't want to step every time we refuse to step into the mysteriousness of God, we're basically saying. I don't want to have to have faith for what I can't see, you know? And so, uh, you know, Christmas kind of connects us with that because, you know, there's a lot of things in that story. And when you, when you open up Luke two, there's a lot of fantastic things. And, you know, so our faith, our faith is one that is, uh, that, that is okay with the supernatural. And we, um, you know, we embrace that, but it, but it also requires us to go, man, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I need to have faith that these things are true and that what I'm reading is something that isn't, it doesn't happen all the time, but, but, you know, there, there are these miraculous things about God and it helps increase and strengthen my faith when I go, I haven't seen it, um, but I believe it. And I only believe it because he's helped. He's given me the faith to believe it. It's mm. pretty, um, it's pretty um, amazing. Yeah. That is, it is. It is amazing. And so some we've talked a little bit about nostalgia and Christmas traditions. Something else that goes along with Christmas nostalgia and traditions is music, Christmas music. And you have a new mm. album coming out as well. Yeah, I got a new album. It's called Bells Merrily. And uh, it's not really a companion to the book. It was it was written and recorded separately. But um, yeah, it's coming out on all uh, digital platforms on December 2nd. And you can uh, you can order it now if you want to get CDs or cassettes. We got all that stuff too. And you can go to velvetbluemusic.com and you can order whatever you need there. Um, that's the label. 
And um, yeah, really excited about that. Um, I I love uh, I love writing about Christmas, and I love writing songs about Christmas. So <laughs> it's all Christmas right. this year. So yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Well, Ronnie, thank you so much for taking the time to to talk with us today about your beautiful devotional, "The God Who Is With Us." For having me, I, I was grateful to have the conversation with you. It was uh, it was awesome. Thank you for listening to this conversation about Advent Hope. Make sure that you subscribe to Reading the Bible Together podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time for our conversation about Advent Peace. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.